Hello and welcome to our show, Film Talk with AJ Dean. I'm AJ Dean, your host, and tonight we have a blockbuster show. We have one of the best special FX, um, I'm sorry, makeup FX specialists and artists in the building with us. We have Tom Devlin. He's also the owner of Tom Devlin's Monster Museum. Let's give him a super warm and spooky welcome. Hey, Tom, how are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's, you know, it's so exciting because I was looking forward to this all week. Um, you're on my bucket list, uh, on mine and Jeff's bucket list to see Tom Devlin's Monster Museum in Boulder City, Nevada. It's at the top of my list when we go there next time. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I it's It sounds so exciting. And you have... Um, can we just talk about that for a little bit? We'll get to your yeah. other fun projects as well. But right now on the screen, we have your logo, which is this great Frankenstein. And he's gr with green hands. And it's wonderful. That's a character of me. <laughs> is that you? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's fabulous. I love it. And do you know there is even a um, a GIF about on that? I When I promoted this show, your show, uh, that came up on TikTok or Facebook or something. So you're that popular, Tom. Did you know that? So much, so much with the social media is our marketing. Like we allow anybody to take video and picture here. So the YouTubers come and it's become like a Mecca for YouTubers. We get some really big ones that get hundreds of thousands of views and the the little gifts and memes have, have started to happen in the last two years. And uh, it's it's always, even if they're, Goofy, there. It's always a compliment. Like our word has spread all over the place, you know. Yes, internationally, uh, the U.S. and international. Um, it's it's become a favorite now, and it's on TripAdvisor. I looked it up, and you can find information on Tom's museum. So let's talk a, a little bit about this. Um, I've got. I'm going to put up the hours right now and the address. It's 1310 Boulder City Parkway, Boulder City, Nevada, 8900. Three, uh, phone number 702-294-1313. And it's open daily from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I noticed that the prices are about $20 or something and kids under five are free. Tell us about that, Tom. Yeah, so it's $20 for adults. And then uh, like, I think uh, ages 11 and under are like 10 bucks. And then at, at five years old, it's free because it really is a museum. It's not a haunted house. So like when you're in there, you're, there's a lot of educational things. And if you're under five and you can't read, it's not really gonna, it's not worth the money, you know? And people always say, oh, is it too scary? We get little kids all the time. They love it. But uh, some kids are scared. I mean, you just have to gauge it by your kid. It's not intended to be a haunted house. It is a educational walk through history. And, um, and that's, you know, that's the thing. Like, uh, some people scoff at the $20 price and it's crazy to me because you can't get two number ones at McDonald's across the street for 20 bucks, you know, and here everything within the museum is a one of a kind work of art that I made. They're all custom, completely sculpted, molded, painted by myself um, to represent the, the history of practical effects in film, you know, and to preserve the art and history of, of what, inspired me to do what I do for my career. So anything, you know, it goes from the silent film era all the way up through modern movies. And 
Uh, some of my screen use stuff from my films are in there, but it's not a screen use prop museum. I mean, although my stuff's in there and there's a couple other things that are on loan, um, mostly it's to educate people in the art and history of practical effects and who made what and what they used and how it was done, you know? Yes, yes. And I have heard rave reviews. In fact, my friend Marcus was there and he said, you know, he was bought, he took a photo, photo of um, him by one of your favorite, I think it was the Scream or so, or something like that, the Scream mask. Mm -hmm. And this really is a tribute. Is it 20 plus years of tribute to cinema and artistic um, cinema going way back to even Bella Lugosi in that time with Okay, before that, even uh, all the way to the silent film era with Lon Chaney Sr. and uh, Nosferatu from uh, 1919. The thing is, is a lot of people know that Boris Karloff played the Frankenstein monster, but not everybody knows Jack Pierce created the Frankenstein monster, the mummy, the wolfman. He designed Dracula's makeup. So we're really here to educate people on like the Jack Pierce, Lon Chaney, uh, John Chambers, who created the Planet of the Apes. Like it's, there are stuff people take for granted when they watch movies and they don't understand someone was behind that design that has now become iconic. Like the Frankenstein monster is iconic. And Jack Pierce came up with that out of his brain and, and used his hands to make it, you know. Amazing, amazing. And I have a picture here of the front of your museum with a beautiful sign uh, that has the Frankenstein on it. And then there's also a car in this photo of, um, it's like a, uh, a funeral car, is it? Yeah, that's, that. <laughs> that's the black one. I, I imagine you see the black one. That's a 73 uh, Pontiac hearse. I also have a, a purple Lincoln hearse and I have a 63 uh, Ecto-1 Ghostbuster Cadillac uh, hearse. I collect hearses, I, I like funeral coaches. I've owned several, uh, six of them, but uh, we have three of them here at the museum right now. And do you ride in them or, or are they for display only? How do people? My purple one uh, is, we call it the Monster Mobile. It's all decked out with Monster Museum logos and everything. And I drive down to the Strip. We're only 18 minutes off of the Strip, uh, Las Vegas Strip. So I used to pick people up in the hotels and bring them up here and do private tours. Uh, I'm just so busy now. I don't have time for it, but I drive the car and all the parades and stuff. And um, my kids love to to ride around in the purple hearse and everybody in the neighborhood knows where the weirdos with the purple hearse, but the black one stays parked and my Ghostbuster Ecto I'm still working on, but it stays, it stays parked too. Wonderful. You know, we love automobiles and those are classics too. Oh, yeah. um, what fun. And I bet your kids just enjoy it so much because I mean, I would have loved that as a kid if my dad had you know had um hearses and we'd we'd drive around in the parades and and whatnot just what a fun experience you know you know what they don't know any different so they kind of take some <laughs> of it and it like my daughter she loves like the you know jason Voorhees and the all all the characters she hasn't seen all the movies but she loves like drawing them and she loves the characters but she knows so many of them because of my line of work. Like the fact that my kids call Butch Patrick their uncle, they all won't see Uncle Butch. I mean, it's a crazy, that's crazy for me to think about because I was such a fan. My daughter's name is Lily after Lily Munster. And uh, my effects company is 1313 Effects from 1313 Mockingbird Lane. I'm a huge Munsters fan. And they're growing up with that in their life, you know? 
it's not weird or special. I, I mean, it's special, but not to the extent that they realize. Mm -hmm. I did see my daughter. We went to, we do uh, conventions a lot. And we were in Phoenix last couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. And my daughter's a big fan of the movie Megan. There's a PG-13 version of Megan. So she's seen it. And she got to meet the little girl that plays Megan. And they became kind of pals for the weekend. And uh, we judged a costume contest with her. Uh, and it that was the first time I saw my daughter realize, like, that's the girl from TV. Like, that's where we know her now, you know, and it's still not that odd for her because the life she's grown up in and the amount of celebrities that come in and out of her life. But that one was the first one that she was really a fan of first, you know? Yes. Yes. I think that's so wonderful that she's having those experiences. And speaking of Butch Patrick, I want to give a special shout out and hello and thank you to Butch Patrick, you know, he is um, famous for playing Eddie Munster on The Munsters, our favorite TV show of all time, number one. And um, that is how we met, isn't it, Tom? Through yeah, Butch we, Patrick. we met through Butch and he's a wonderful guy. And uh, I met him. He randomly came to the Monster Museum, called up the Monster Museum, wanted to do a signing here once. And then three years later, we're business partners in all kinds of avenues and we've I'm going out to his house here at the end of the week, you know, like a lot of things in my life have happened like that. Like most of my current friends are my childhood heroes. And that's a really wacky thing to think about, you know? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's very, you're very blessed and it's your destiny and it's what you're supposed to be doing. And um, you're very much needed. Like for instance, you uh, were um, a special makeup FX artist on Face Off, right? The sci-fi. Tell us about. Yep. Tell us. About, I, um, I think it's okay to talk about, isn't it? To a production oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. So I mean, that twelve was, years. Uh, twelve I years. On, I was on Face Off twelve years ago, uh, season one, and uh, I really did think I was going to win the show. And uh, I'm on seven out of eight episodes. I didn't win the show, spoiler, but uh, it was such an amazing time. It was like uh, going to makeup effects camp. I had been in the industry for about 10 years at that point when I did it. And, uh, but I'd never been in a spot where you could just use as many materials as you wanted on someone else's dime like that. Like we wouldn't even wash our airbrushes. We'd use them and just drop them, grab another one. You know, it was it was pretty incredible. And I had so much fun, made friends for life on there. I was on that show with a lot of my current friends, um, like Gage, who was on my season. We had done five or six movies together. Uh, like There was a lot of people we already knew. And then the ones I didn't know, it was, I mean, it really is like a fraternity. And then it went on for so many seasons. All these people from Face Off season eight or season 10, like I see them at a show and we're already friends. Like we have that in common, you know, being on Face Off, so uh it it was really cool there's not a day that goes by that I don't end up talking to a customer or a fan of the show about face-off and it's crazy because I always looked at it like I lost the game show you know like you don't write fan mail to the guy that lost prices right you know and uh that's kind of how I felt but I learned I realized several years after that the show really affected people and people really got into makeup effects because of the show and now there's a whole generation of effects artists they learned about effects from face off. So that's a, that's a pretty unique thing to be involved with. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. My first movie that I ever directed 
It's called Teddy Told Me To, and it's based on a character that I made on episode four of Face Off. So, oh wow, yeah, there was a judge. The guest judge was uh, Sean Cunningham, who created Friday the Thirteenth, and he said, "Now that's a movie I'd like to see." So I always thought if I'm gonna make a movie ever, I would make that, you know. And maybe Sean will see it, and I can, I can get a cool quote from him or something, you know. And uh, so I made Teddy told me to about a year and a half ago, and it's been doing the, it did the festival circuits. We did a countrywide tour, and then uh, now we're about to release it October 10th. It'll be streaming and have a wide release. So I'm very very proud of Teddy told me to. I'm so proud of that too. And congratulations, Tom. That's quite an achievement. And as you said, it goes back all the way to, to face off and sci-fi, all of that wonderful camaraderie that you have created. It's really about relationships, this industry, isn't it? It really is. Like, uh, I mean, you don't get anywhere without the relationships. You know what I mean? Like it really is who you know and who you're good to and you'll get it back in return. You know, yeah, we're learning that too each day that we uh, are privileged enough to be a part of it. And it is, it's competitive, it's a competitive industry, but it's so worth it and so rewarding when you have a passionate belief uh, behind you and an, uh, you know, for a production and an idea and you believe in the people. So I hear you completely 100 and I 100% agree. Um, I did want to ask you what. How, how did you start? What is your background? Where did you start getting into special effects and makeup and prosthetics and all of that? How did it start? So I've always been kind of a driven kid that's goal oriented. Uh, however, I was not really good at school. Like I was terrible in school. Um, so I wanted to be a comic book artist. I mean, I really loved He-Man when I was a kid. Like I'm, I grew up born in 81. So I grew up loving He-Man, Segway and Ninja Turtles and Toxic Crusaders and like cool toys of the eighties and nineties. And that led me to wanting, I read a lot of comic books and, you know, just normal kid, but I love the idea of writing my own comic books and coming up with my own characters and story. So I got really into comic books. Um, and then it was probably in like, I guess fifth grade, I moved to Pennsylvania from California. And as I drove into this weird town, we moved to East Stroudsburg. I passed this building called Frazetta's Fantasy Corner. It was a Halloween store, but it was in this old brick building. It was real beautiful. And I had no idea how important that place would be until later. Like that was in fifth grade when I moved there. But in ninth grade, my art class took a field trip over to Frazetta's. And then um, I learned that it wasn't just a Halloween store. It was owned by the Sun of Frank Frazetta, who's one of the most famous character artists of all time, fantasy-wise. He created Conan the Barbarian. He was, um, he did all the Edgar Rice Burroughs covers. He was an insanely influential comic artist and fantasy artist. Actually in like the seventies, every custom van had big Frazetta paintings of babes and, and warriors and monsters on the side of the vans. That's all spawned from Frank Frazetta and, and uh, so we got to look through his sketchbooks and stuff, which was really cool because I so badly wanted to, like at that time, I've always been driven and goal oriented. I knew at that time, I was like, I'm gonna be a comic book artist. I'm gonna move to New York. I'm gonna work for Marvel or DC. I had it planned, you know. Uh, There's this rumor in my family that my grandfather worked for Marvel 
at some point. Um, he was estranged from our family, but he worked for Saturday Evening Post and Marvel. And I thought I could pick that up and and go there, you know. So uh, anyway, I I thought that and, you know, I got into skateboarding and all kinds of other kids stuff. But there was always this like love for comics and character. But at Frank Frazetta's or Bill Frazetta's, the son's store, Frank was sick and old at that point. But to see that beautiful sketchbooks and the works of art that he did, and then also see like some of the cartoony stuff he did, it was really interesting. But while I was there, I discovered these books called Grand Illusions that were by a guy named Tom Savini. And I bought the book and it's like how to makeup effects, like, like how to make severed heads and how to make creature makeups and how to make a mechanical creature that can talk. And um, I got really, really obsessed with this book. Uh, I had a broken leg and I was home from school for a long time. And I got obsessed with like the idea that I don't want to make characters on paper. I want to make them physically. So I started practicing in my house and making little body parts or, or heads and monsters and masks. Leatherface was, uh, I was a big fan of, and I would make like these weird videos with Leatherface and try to sculpt. I, I'm not naturally a gifted artist. So like looking back at that stuff, it's all incredibly silly because I am really, some people are born and they could just come out and do art. I am not that. I'm the person that you would see or like, oh, I don't draw or I can't paint, but I just also don't use the word can't. So I really, really practiced and perfected this craft over 25 years, 30 years, counting those childhood years. But um, so from like 15, I knew I wanted to make monsters for real. And I met Tom Savini, the guy that wrote the book at a horror convention. And I said, man, I, I really want to do what you do. I've, I practice, I make my stuff. I worked with all the stuff in Grand Illusions, the blood effects. And he was like, cool kid. You ain't going to do it here in Pennsylvania. Like you need to move to new, you got to move to Hollywood. And uh, when you go to Hollywood, seek out this place and blah, 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 blah. And so I dropped out of high school and I moved to Hollywood. And uh, I ended up getting a job on the X-Files as an intern. And uh, I, I did go to a makeup school that Savini sent me to. But there was just beauty makeup and like fashion makeup. They had a prosthetic class, but I never took it because there was not enough people signed up. So they got me an internship at a place called WM Creations. And I was working on X-Files in 99, 2000 to 2001, maybe 2001. I worked on X-Files 2001, 2002, because it was season eight and nine. And um, I was a kid. I had no idea because I'm so driven and I had so much like, of course I'm going to go do this. Looking back now I'm 42 and I'm like, people don't do what I did. I moved across country without knowing anybody, bought, got an apartment on Hollywood Boulevard, ended up working at um, WM Creations with Academy Award winner, Matthew Mungle, and uh, got a job, first job on X-Files, second job was a movie called Scorpion King. And then uh, the Tuxedo, Red Dragon, Charlie's Angels 2, like, huge huge Hollywood and uh it was amazing it was uh but I took it all for granted I had no idea I thought you just moved to Hollywood and you work on movies you know and then in 2002 I started my own company the other weird caveat of this whole thing 
is I never wanted to work on big budget Hollywood movies. Like working, I worked on Terminator 3. That was never my dream. My dream was to work on like RoboJocks, which is like the sci-fi channel original version of, you know, I wanted to work on low budget punk rock horror movies. That was, that was my personality and what I wanted to do. And kind of what Tom Savini did before me, I mean, Friday the 13th and Dawn of the Dead have become some of the biggest movies, but at the time they were very, very small movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of where I wanted to build a career was in low budget horror. And I've worked on over 150 films now and, and mostly low budget, uh, about 14 big, big movies. But, uh, but I love low budget, do-it-yourself horror films and uh since 2002 i've very rarely worked for anyone else it's just been me uh 1313 effects is my company and and then uh here about a year and a half two years ago i started directing and that's my new like i've directed i just finished my fifth film uh and i'm i can't imagine not make i'm gonna make another one at the end of august yeah and then it, and then in November and, you know, we just keep building this library that we can hopefully catch. You know, I know everybody's really upset about this, uh, the strike going on. There's a writer strike. There's an actor strike. But for the little guys like me, that opens a window. So if we're delivering movies around April, May, June, maybe there's a need for content that we can fill. You know, so we're making the biggest movies we can at the very smallest budget and time that we can and we're always looking for producers so if anybody's looking to produce a film uh plan10pictures.com okay, um, okay that's but, wonderful go ahead tom sorry no that's i mean that's my story like 25 years now i've been making rubber monsters i've never had a real job you know it's it's been pretty awesome how fun is that? I mean, you really have a dream job. And like I said, you're destined for you were destined for this. And even though you had your leg broken, that was part of the plan for you to study that that book and his works and 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 the mechanics of it and all of it. This is just a wonderful story. You you have a wonderful life. It's all meant to be, isn't it? And with that on the screen right here, I've got two movie posters one is called bermuda island and the other one is called las vegas frankenstein now you just had a premiere as well with las vegas frankenstein um, recently and i wanted to go um, but i definitely want to see it um tell us a little bit about these are independent projects right yes bermuda island was produced by a group here in vegas called the mahal empire um, the Mahal are two brothers, uh, Michael and Sonny, and I work for them often. They just finished a huge pirate movie in L.A. called Cursed Waters. I can't wait to see it. I did not work on that one. But Bermuda Island, we shot in Puerto Rico in a little island called Vieques in Puerto Rico. And it's a creature movie. You know, it's available right now on Tubi and Amazon and all the streaming sites. Um, it's, it's super fun. It's just like it's like Creature to Black Lagoon meets The Descent. A bunch of people get stranded on an island within the Bermuda Triangle and they get attacked by these monsters. I made four or five creature suits and then we were there for like three weeks and we would switch them out and make it. It looks like there's 20, you know, 20 creature suits and uh, starred Sarah French and um, she's incredible. Uh, And it's 
it's just a really fun movie. Yeah, we had so much fun. And then Las Vegas Frankenstein is a film that uh, was produced by a guy named Mike Lanzini um, and V Horror Channels. And I directed it for them. They, uh, they approached me and asked me if I had a script. I had a script ready to go. That's one thing I can advise any up and coming filmmaker, make sure you have some ideas on you because so many people will be like, oh, you're, I'm a director. And it's like, cool, you wanna do something? Sure. Well, what do you got? You know, like they're not always willing, you gotta strike when the iron's hot. So I met Mike here at the Monster Museum. He had heard that I directed Teddy Told Me To, and he's like, man, I'm producing movies. Would you be able to do this low budget movie? And I said, yeah, I got a script right here, boom. And he read it and he was like, this is awesome. And I said, let me tweak it a little bit, make it doable on the budget because it was a little bit bigger than what we did, had hoped for. And then within two weeks we were in pre-production and we made this awesome modern day classic monster movie from the thirties or forties. Mm -hmm. uh, we got Daniel Roebuck, uh, Grandpa Munster from the new Rob Zombie movie. Uh, Daniel's in it. And uh, Noah Hathaway who played Atreyu in uh, Never Ending Story. He's, he's got a cameo. And then a, immensely talented cast john carius vince cusimano and victoria strange our three leads were awesome uh we got eileen deets from the exorcist is in it as well as uh caleb emerson who's a director editor himself and a, a fantastic actor from poultry geist and toxic avenger 4 so the cast was amazing and the sets i built i have like a i call it the bullshit backlot i have like a warehouse and a backyard that i build all my own sets in and it's not it's hardly a sound stage it's a shed you know but uh but we Love made it. we've made four films in that shed so it's uh it's working you know and all of las vegas frankenstein pretty much is shot in there and across the street at the elks lodge so it's just two locations and uh and it is a a super fun romp if you're into like classic monster movies but we tried to update it to the Las Vegas flavor a little bit, you know. So much fun. So much fun. So um, it just premiered right in a, a theater of Brendan Theaters, I believe, The Palms. Is that right? And and now where, where can people see it now, Tom? So it's a, it just had its world premiere at the Brendan Theater and it will be coming to streaming. I can't tell you when. That's all up to the distributor. They're, they're working on sales. I got a... Um, message in my email yesterday or the day before saying it was pitched to yada 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 so great we'll, we'll see like the streaming services buy they come and purchase in rounds so like this will be the first round and we'll see where it goes for vod or whatever and then they'll come back for a vod and do another round so um as soon as there's news i'll post about it but there's not any yet and then as far as the Blu-rays and, and DVD release goes, that's kind of a unique situation with this company. We, uh, we partner on the physical release. So they'll do their own physical release and I can possibly put out my own director's cut. Um, and that'll probably come closer to October, I would Beautiful. imagine. Beautiful. I'm so looking forward to it. And I'm so super excited about it um and i encourage everybody to watch bermuda island on tubi and then also uh keep your eyes open for las vegas frankenstein these are the type of movies that are i absolutely love these are the ones that are my favorites because i'm very much like you and butch i love the classic 
um, Hollywood horror stories and the black and white and the Draculas and the vampires and of course the Munsters and, and Bella Lugosi and all of that, Lon Chaney. I mean, just incredible. These were the, these were, uh, the masterminds, weren't they, Tom? Yeah, I really love the theatrical element of 30s and 40s cinema. You know, when yeah. they came to the talkies and they could speak uh, and they still had that theatrical whimsical i mean it doesn't have to be horror either like i love all the marilyn monroe and elvis presley movies i just love that theatrical uh sense all the way up through the 60s you know and uh but i love movies from the 70s and 80s too i like all avenue and that's kind of with our production company plan 10 we try to make like teddy told me to was an 80s slasher total 80s slasher and las vegas frankenstein was a 30 40s monster movie and then we made a film called Nameless that is a like 70s, gritty, grindhousey slasher. And then we just made a movie called The After Dark that is like a 90s vampire flick. So there's we we tried to use all the different genres, you know, and I can't wait to make like a 60s sci-fi, you know, it came from another world type movie because that I love flashy spacesuits and I love all that stuff. So I just like movies. I do too. Uh, I love movies too. And I, I'm a fan of the Hollywood star system and the uh, classic movies. Just like you said, you know, Jane Russell and Marilyn Monroe together, just beautiful gentlemen, prefer blondes. That was a great movie. That type of um, genre. I love the musicals as well. Oh, yeah. And um, so we have that in common, Tom. It's great. It's wonderful to talk movies. I also love the, um, you know, like a, a, a few days ago, I watched The Servant with Dirk Bogard, you know, a black and white uh, film. And so I love those as well, the foreign and the ones with subtitles. But um, this show is about you. So let me get back to you. Um, Tom, you have a tremendous love and honor and respect for the genre of horror in your museum. And outside, there's a picture I have on screen right now. It's two Frankensteins, they're green. And I think they, they uh, stand outside of your museum greeting your customers. Um, one is in a red and black checked jacket and the other is in a leather jacket. Can you, did you create these? Tell us about them. Yeah, I made those. The one in the red and black check jacket is wearing a mask sculpted by my friend Justin. Um, those have not been in front of the museum for five years. Oh. They were there, they were there our first year. Um, just a way to attract people to come to the museum. You know, they're on dirt bikes and three wheelers and stuff. And where are they now? Are they inside the museum or no? They're they've been repurposed for other things. Oh. I'm sure. Okay. Well, you may find them. Here's another picture on screen. It's of um, a classic uh, Frankenstein dressed in all black. And he's by a like a British, English, European black uh, lamp, lamp stand, lamp um, fixture on the wall. And then we also have, I believe it looks like a wolf man in a purple shirt. So this is so great. I love the color scheme too. You've got green walls painted and this dark, beautiful purple that also matches the shirt. Um, and is there mirrors in there? Tell us about this part of your museum. So that's, that's also very early in the days of the museum. All that green and purple is gone. It's all castle walls now. But, uh -huh. uh, but the Wolfman and that Frankenstein figure both live in the museum still. And okay. uh, 
they are two of the earliest characters I put in here because it starts with the past, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. I love that. So this is a great historical and educational museum, and um, it's really a treat to have uh, you uh, operating it. Thank you so much for operating it and continuing it. And I know with each year, you probably add things to it, so it changes. It's changing all the time. Plus, you also have special events like podcasters and horror themed events. So um, tell us, uh, is there like a website that people can, it's, um, it's your website, right? Tom Devlin's monstermuseum.com? Yeah, you, you can purchase tickets on monstermuseum.com. Um, but for any info and upcoming events, uh, Instagram is the best spot because we post everything on Instagram and Facebook, um, what's coming up and what, we have a email list that we send out newsletters every month and um, it is always changing and multiple times a year. Like I try to change it every year, right before Valentine's day, we do a big Valentine's prom. And then I try to change a lot right before July 1st. Cause we have an anniversary party on between the first and the 10th every year. So we're always changing and adapting in October. We turn it into a haunted house after hours. So we close at six, reopen at seven and it's a haunt, you know, so um we want them coming back so as long as we keep it fresh they keep coming back and yes yeah. and, and i'm sorry tom go ahead no that's i mean it really is just about trying to keep everybody excited about what's going on here and oh i would love that i would it sounds so much fun the events now also um i have a picture on screen you're in, you're wearing a tom devlin's monster museum t-shirt it's really cool i want to order one i'm i'm debating whether to order one online because i checked out your website and it's fabulous you've got great merchandise on there stickers patches um or, or uh, coffee mugs hoodies um, but I was wondering if I should wait until I come there and buy it or, or I could buy it online right now. Couldn't I this right now? Tom? You can, you can 100% purchase it online. Uh, some people do just as gifts or because they want it. And then some people buy them in the store and, uh, yeah. got people that have not been here for several years, but they continue to buy the shirts. So it's a, and the shirts change every once in a while too, to, we just like everything to, you know, kind of have a time limit. So yes. hell when somebody walks in, if they have one of our early shirts and I'm like, aha, that's a, you know, you've been around a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we'll just change the fonts every now and then to let people know that we're paying attention to who has what, and, you know, no, I do no. a lot of things all over the country. So it's so cool to see. I can't tell you how many people will be, I'll be in Baltimore and they'll be like, Oh, I was at the museum last week, you know, cause everybody comes to Vegas at some point. So it's a, uh, it's pretty cool. One time we were driving through El Paso, Texas, and there was a big monster museum sticker on the back of a guy's car. And uh, I pulled up next to him to wait, you know, I drive a van that's like wrapped in monster museum stuff. And it was just this little old guy driving a Subaru and he didn't look over and I was like, oh, okay. But uh, it was really cool. I, several times we've cited monster museum stickers on cars outside of, you know, Las Vegas or LA. Oh, wonderful. And uh, you have a, a couple different designs on your website. Uh, and I, I, I'm debating which one I, I, I mean, I'm kind of torn because they're so great graphic wise artwork. 
Um, but I do love the Frankenstein classic one. I may end up purchasing that. I'll have to see. Hmm, I'll have to see and check, and check it out. Um, so I encourage everybody to go to Tom Devlin's Monster Museum uh, website and check that out as well. And there's times on there, location, there's pictures, um, more great stuff uh, and more information. Um, I did want to give a shout out to Nancy Devlin. Who is Nancy? Nancy Devlin, is that your sister? That's my aunt. That's my that's that's my dad's sister. Uh, my aunt Nancy. Uh, she's super cool and uh, has always supported me. Her and her husband Tread. You know, I was kind of a screw up growing up, and those guys never made me feel that way. They always treated me like I was a. Uh, I mean, th from the beginning, they 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 were very supportive of everything I was doing, and uh, have always followed my career and. Um, she's very proud of me and it's always meant something. Uh, I have a couple relatives that showed their support in a way that you wouldn't normally imagine, you know, and, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. A lot of people, when I tell them what I do, they're like, how did your family take that? You know, like, and even when I was in high school, I was telling people I'm going to make monsters for a living. I don't need to be here. Uh, it was like, no, you're not going to make monsters. But my family was really like, well, if he wants to make monsters, he'll do what he wants. You know, he's going to do it. And uh, and it's true. That's all. I mean, it's really my whole life is making monsters. It's wonderful. And we need them because they're fun and um, they bring a, a excitement and interest and an incredible story. And um so thank you so much, Tom, for that. Um, I'm looking on my notes here. It says, um, oh, I want to ask you, why did you choose Boulder City? Because it's 30 minutes from the Strip, right? Yeah, um, that's a question I get all the time. And really, so I left LA. I had kind of a midlife crisis. I was had worked in horror films and movies my whole life. And uh, me and my wife wanted to have a kid. And we did not want to have our kid in Los Angeles proper. We talked about moving to where my aunt Nancy lives in Arroyo Grande, California, because it's beautiful. There's just no work there. And I did not, I watched my dad commute three hours a day to New Jersey when I was a kid. And he was just beat. I mean, he drove six hours each way, you know, three hours there, three hours back. So I didn't want to have that life. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just gave it up and moved to Florida and, uh, I was going to work at a motorcycle shop for my whole life. And I got a job at a motorcycle shop. I love bikes. And um, I was cut out for something different. You know what I mean? Like it, I knew that wasn't my life or my future. Yeah. So I started looking into teaching possibly. I had taught makeup effects in LA at a school called cinema makeup school for three years, I think two or three years. And I had, while I was in Florida, I would fly to Chicago and teach at a place called makeup first. So I really enjoyed teaching the craft of makeup. Um, and I started applying to all different schools to be a teacher. And then I got this weird random call from a school in Las Vegas that I did not apply to. And they said, hey, do you want to come teach here? And they gave me an offer I could never refuse. And I, I said, let me just talk to my wife. And I called her and 15 minutes later, we were moving to Las Vegas. So I never intended on ever living in Las Vegas. I don't drink. I don't party. I don't know how to do the strip like I go see shows once in a while but I don't I don't partake in the strip so uh but getting to Las Vegas I learned that the Las Vegas Valley is an incredible place to raise a family so we found Boulder City 
very early. My kids race BMX bikes and I do as well. And there's a great uh, track out here. So we would come up to Boulder every Friday for races. And one day we just got excited. My daughter won her first race and she was like three. And I got so excited. And I was like, let's move to Boulder. And we saw a house for rent. And, you know, a week later we were living here. I had no intention on opening the Monster Museum here. We had talked about doing it down in Vegas. We had talked about doing it in Florida. We talked about doing it in Hollywood. Um, seven years before I ever opened it, we were looking at real estate in Hollywood. But nothing felt right until I drove past this building and it was for rent. And I called and I never heard back. Uh, I called, I left a message. That was it. And then this little old lady called me yelling at me. And she was like, is this Tom Devlin? Is this Tom Devlin? Are you the one that called me? And I was like, I don't know who you are, but this is awesome. And this little old lady yelling at me. She's like, you said your phone number so fast. I couldn't call you back. I had to try every single number until I got your number. And it was my landlord <laughs> and her name's Carol. And we met and she's like four foot nothing. She's 86 years old and she's just a firecracker and she owned this building and she believed in the monster museum and we've been here for six years now and she's like my adopted grandmother i love her to death um and uh it just felt right you know i don't know why boulder city needed a monster museum but i felt i felt like i needed to open this just because i had been talking about it for a long time mm -hmm. and uh grown so great i had no idea the Hoover Dam is very close. Like you have to drive past our building and get to the Hoover Dam. I had no idea the impact that would have on our lives because it's 90% Hoover Dam traffic to the Monster Museum, 10% diehard horror fans. So mm -hmm. um, the location was just perfect uh, and not intentional just because I like this old building. It was really cool looking, you know. I love it too. I love it too. And you know, I've got great family memories. My fam my dad took us to Hoover Dam and I love that area. So that's a beautiful spot. You've driven past my building twice, not knowing it. The, the, <laughs> the thing is this building has been here 91 years. Uh, it's one of the buildings in Boulder City. It was built to house supplies to build the Hoover Dam because the railroad goes right behind it. So they would keep all the the machinery and the, the supplies here that they would put on the train and bring up and build the dam. Amazing. Yes, we lived in California and my dad drove out there, drove the whole family out there. Uh, so yes, we would have driven by your place. Yeah. Isn't something, Tom? So that's amazing. I love that story. And thank you for sharing that with us. What a, what a cute story and how funny that um, she was, uh, you know, is this Tom, is this Tom yeah. I mean, <laughs> she was, uh, she was angry. She was like, you talk too fast on my message machine. And then come to find out, she doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't use the computer. So this was like a tape recorder answering machine that I left a message on. <laughs> she didn't understand the last two numbers. So she went through calling every number, but it just worked out. And, uh, and Carol's her whole family's wonderful. And the weirdest thing, the godfather to her grandchild is a guy named Danny Draven, who's a filmmaker that I've worked with for years. So, so when Rick, her son, called Danny and said, oh, you got to come to this monster museum in my mom's building. And Danny was like, that's one of my close friends, Tom Devlin's. It was this weird, like I was indoctrined into the family immediately because 
our relationship and their relationship. Like it was this super small world. And I know Danny from Los Angeles, not from Vegas. It, it's very weird. Wow, isn't it amazing? You're right, it is a super small world. And um, those of us who are supposed to meet in this on this planet, doing artistic uh, endeavors and blessing other people, I believe we're supposed to meet. Yeah, and so um, I, I love that. I love that story. Yes, it's very interconnected. And also people talk in this industry, people talk. So let's all always be nice and kind and all of that, right, Tom? That's how you and Butch are and everybody. So um, I did wanna ask you, you touched on classes do you teach makeup classes now or was it, is that in the past? I, I have uh, on and off my whole career, but uh, in 20, 2020, when the whole COVID thing hit, we built a school and we were teaching classes. As soon as they let us reopen the building, we taught, uh, I was going to build a mega school was my plan. Like I wanted to build the best effects school and we had classes and it was great. And we were, we were moving forward. And then I directed that movie, Teddy told me to. And I, I remember pulling my manager, Kayla, and my wife. And I said, listen, we could keep going with the school, but I have to work five days a week for the rest of my life with the school. Where, because I was adamantly against having students turn into faculty and teachers. Like that's kind of a problem in makeup schools. The students end up being teachers and then the students are paying for an education they're getting from a student essentially with no experience. So some of the schools have that issue and I didn't want to become that. But I had just directed this movie and found a new calling in life. I was like, I, as I've been an effects artist for this many years, but my future is is not working, you know, and I really want to have a go at making these movies. And so we, it was really hard. Like I, we were very successful. We were like, we were, uh, getting not accredited, but licensed in the state of Nevada. We had all these paperwork and a lot of big expenses and it was all paid for already. And we were basically throwing that away. And I, I remember telling them, I was like, I know this works, but I want to do this. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what we're doing. So we've been hustling and making, that's my, I have to make a new movie every three or four months. I direct my wife edits. So she's backed up with editing, but I keep making them, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of our thing. We're just going to keep making movies and, and build our brand. Well, th thank you to your wife. A shout out to your beautiful wife. And because uh, you're a great team together. Um, she's an editor. She's wonderful and so helpful. And you have a great family. So you are super doubly blessed. But you're also very a very special person, Tom. Um, you're very unique. And you have incredible gifts and skills. And what I love about, uh, I know, but it's true. What I love about artists like you is um, you share and you care and you don't mind teaching and sharing good things with others. And that's what we're here for, to share and um, to share our, our gifts. What, how do you feel about that, Tom? I mean, I wouldn't be where I was if, if other people didn't share their experiences with me. Yeah. Uh, I've created my own path quite a bit, but I have mentors that I could never thank enough. And they don't even realize, like, I mean, everything from family members, like I have an uncle, my uncle Tom, he taught me work ethic, like work hard as you can. I mean, we work hard and we play harder. That's that's my thing. And I learned that as a kid doing tree work with him and 
uh, in the effects world, uh, Clinton Wayne, um, he was a shop supervisor at WM and he taught me so much. And, and just the directors I've watched, Charles Band and Lloyd Kaufman and Mike Pfeiffer, these guys that I watched make movies for nothing. What other people couldn't pay for craft services with. That I, I remember after I did Las Vegas Frankenstein, I text Charles Band from Full Moon Entertainment. And I just said, hey, I just want to thank you. I never realized how much I learned watching you in the director's chair for all those years. Because I've done like, I don't know, 15 movies with him. And, uh, and Charlie is awesome. Like at, at B, low budget B movies, there's none better. And, uh, and you know, there's he's got an art to finishing a film, which is something a lot of people don't. Mike Pfeiffer, one of my favorite directors that I, that he kind of gave me my shot at the very beginning. He told me, he said, do you want to make, do you want to get a perfect shot or do you want to get a good shot? And, and I was thinking about it, he goes, you want to get a good shot because if you try for a perfect shot, you'll never finish your movie. Yeah. If you get a good shots, you'll make a perfect movie. And uh, that was like the best sage advice that I think anybody could ever give me, you know? Wow. Well, you just dropped a huge gem. Thank you so much, Tom, for that. And he's right. Um, it's about being action oriented um, as well so that we can reach our goals and we have to continue. We have to continue doing that, even if there are challenges, uh, uh, you know, posed before us. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, um, before we uh, talk a little bit more about your Monster Museum and the prices and all of that good stuff, um, I wanted to ask, would it be okay to mention Butch's new attraction coming up? If not, I'll, I can cut this out. Uh, and edit it out, but um, I wanted to ask you, did you want to talk a little bit about that? Maybe something you can share? Yeah, so we are preparing right now. I leave on Sunday and we're gonna go to Conway, Arkansas. And Butch is teamed with a haunted attraction there in Conway. And we are building a Munster Museum within it. He has uh, two, um, like the Munster Coach and the Dragula, and he's got a bunch of memorabilia and stuff. But I built him several figures that will go in the museum, not just of the monsters, but also of uh, like classic monsters from the universal world, because it will showcase where the monsters came from, you know. And so uh, he's going to be very present on social media. This is Butch is putting together a really cool thing there. Um, and the, his partner is great. He's uh, been building haunts for a couple of years. I'm going to help him detail and, and kind of finesse and help out some of his haunt. But really, my focus is on building this museum with Butch and talking about the future of this property, because I feel like he's doing something really cool. And Conway is a really cool town. So uh, it'll be really cool to see what happens. But we're going to go build that like the first and second of August. And then I head to uh, Chicago for flashback weekend. So we're doing like a big circle road trip. Um, and halfway through that, I'm stopping in a place called Springfield, Illinois, and buying, purchasing uh, these giant robots from an a, amusement park that you sit in, and they're like bumper car, rock'em sock'em robots. And I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a robot movie with those guys uh, in November, hopefully. Sounds in incredible, Tom. Really, it does. And I'd love also if you, after the attraction is up and running, I'd love you and Butch to come back on my show and promote it. And we can yeah. get the word out there as well, because I know I want to visit 
with my husband, Jeff, and then I want everyone to uh, check it out as well. I'm super thrilled about it and excited. It really, we really need something because there isn't anything like it in the world, in, in the United States, is there? No, I mean, uh, the fact that there's going to be a Munsters based attraction owned by Eddie Munster, it's right outside Little Rock, Arkansas. It's just a hop skip away from Memphis, Tennessee. Like, this is a day trip that anybody would want to make. And uh, I, I think that after the first year, it'll blow up and people will get super excited about it. So, uh, it'll be real interesting to see what happens. He has a lot of support locally in Conway. Uh, Butch is a local celebrity, and uh, we went and visited, and and it was really cool. Like he showed us all the cool hot spots, and uh, I had a, I really love it out there. I'd love to go to Conway and make some movies. Like we've talked, Butch and I have talked a little bit about that as well. Very nice. I would love to hear about that as well, and I hope that that comes true. Um, and you film uh, some product, film productions out there as well. That would be great. And keep us posted on that, Tom. Um, but I do want to talk uh, just a little bit more about um, your Monster Museum. Um, you can buy tickets online. Is that right, Tom? You can buy them online? You can buy them online or at the door. Um, exclusively online. There's a section for guided tours. Um, they're hit and miss because I'm very busy, but if uh, like usually if you try to book one of those, you'll call the shop and my manager, Kayla, will see if I'm available for whatever date they're coming in. And, and I try my best to not turn anybody away, but I really, I'm always at out of town or back and forth and sometimes it's just not possible, but we try. Um, and, but the self-guided tours, they're available to just come in or you can buy your tickets online. Either way, it doesn't matter. Okay, wonderful. And it's open seven days a week. Of course, there's costumes and collectibles there um, and great merchandise that you can buy online as well as uh, while you're there at the museum. Um, it, admission is $20. Uh, children, um, it's $10 uh, for 11 and under. Um, I'm sorry, 11, six to 11, excuse me, six years old to 11, and then children under five are free. So this is the wonderful um, family-friendly, uh, kid-friendly uh, place that you can go and enjoy. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, and so please, I wanna encourage everybody to check it out when they're in Las Vegas. It's only 30 minutes from the, from the strip, downtown Las Vegas. It's a nice drive out there and a beautiful area. And Tom, I wanna thank you so much. You have a labor of love uh, for the, this uh, genre and you are an amazing collector of screen used memorabilia and props. And you have been working professionally since 2001 as a makeup artist, and it shows in your beautiful museum of, um, it really is a dedication to cinema and all facets of uh, Hollywood horror and uh, monsters and the like. So and you even have Eddie Munster in there, don't you? Yeah, of course. Butch was coming here to shoot a uh, Halloween special one, one day. And uh, I made that Eddie Munster the night before because I was like, oh, it's embarrassing. I don't have an Eddie Munster. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got to have you've got to have Eddie Munster. Now, I love Lily. And of course, your daughter's named um, after Lily Munster because you love her. Your whole family loves her as well. Now, are you going to do a Lily maybe in the future? Would that yeah. be? I, I definitely plan on doing Grandpa and Lily. And uh, I have a Herman and an Eddie, but uh, we actually have a really cool... There's a YouTuber named Justin Scard, 
and he donated us the a light that was actually used on the production of the monsters so we have age lights back there too oh my but god i am definitely a huge monster fan and i would like to have the whole family someday i hope there's a monsters coach sitting outside my building as well uh butch help me get there i think Okay, yes. Well, we'll cross our fingers for that as well. And I do want to ask you, when you have that premiere of Lily Munster, the, um, uh, can, you, can you invite Jeff and I? We would love to be there and support on that day. Tom, um, please uh, remember us and think of us because you know how much I love Lily Munster. I've seen you cosplay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So I'll look forward to that. And um, how can people support you, Tom, and reach you? Um, you said on Instagram, you're on Facebook. Is that right? Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Our uh, film production is Plan 10 Pictures on Instagram. And then our, uh, of course, Tom Devlin's Monster Museum on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we, I mean, as far as support goes, just spread the word. That's really all, all we're ever looking for. Yeah, spread the word and check out Tom Devlin's Monster Museum. You've been a fantastic guest. I've enjoyed it so much. Um, Tom, do you have any uh, last words or, you know, a heart message um, to anybody out there of what you've learned, a little bit of wisdom? I know you've dropped so many gems tonight, but if, is there anything else you wanted to uh, last words over to you? As far as... Um makeup effects or anything that you want to do whether it be film or in any really really anything in life uh it all starts with just getting out of your own way you know so many people say i can't if or you know the, not until or there's there's never really a right time or a wrong time if you have a passion just do it and sometimes it doesn't hurt to be a weekend warrior like uh, you brought up my my aunt Nancy. Late in life, she decided she wanted to be a photographer, and she took a couple pictures. And now she puts on gallery shows. Like she's a full blown photographer, and that's anybody can start at any time. Like just all you have to do is do, and the only person in your way is yourself. You know, so that's a really hard thing for people to. They get conditioned with, with how hard everything is, but it's it's not hard. It's just. You just have to have fun and keep going. I love that. Thank you so much. Have fun and keep going. There you heard it right from Tom Devlin. And there's no better advice than that. You know, we truly have the best guests on the planet. So thank you, Tom, for being here with me tonight. And um, I wish you continued success. And I hope we get to collaborate more in the future, Tom. And until next time, arrivederci. <laughs>